not at the track? The Hot Pass Racing Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass. All right, race fans, let's get rowdy. The next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only, racing. From the third tracks of the Carolinas to the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega, no race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show. All right, everyone. I'd like to welcome you to the Tuesday afternoon edition because we had, hope everybody had a great Labor Memorial Day weekend. I did. Spin it on the water. It was great. Getting ready to go to Worldwide Technology for a full weekend this weekend coming up. Got Kyle all the way up there in PA, and we got Connor Mosack calling in here in just any moment, Kyle. Rowdy, this worked out really nicely uh, with the postponement of both the Xfinity and the NASCAR Cup Series race. Uh, didn't really make sense to have a show on Monday. I know you and I were talking about it uh, with it being Memorial Day. But uh, 900 miles last night at Charlotte. Uh, Coca-Cola 600 was there. And then uh, the NASCAR Xfinity Series, which actually started in the morning, Rowdy, at 11 a.m. Eastern and got red flagged again for uh, – for rain, so it's just been weather's been a problem, you know, for NASCAR. I don't think Mother, likes, Mother Nature likes NASCAR, but she sure as heck likes me, Rowdy, because I got to go to Williams Grove Friday night for the All Star Circuit of Champions, and then go Sunday night to Port Royal Speedway for their uh, second night of the finale of the Bob Weicker Memorial. So, um, yeah, Mother Nature, I finally getting a break with the weather. Um, been looking forward to that, and uh, two really good days um, there. So. Uh, it's been a it's been a good time, Rowdy. Uh, a lot of PA dirt going on. Uh, you know, talking to a lot of drivers, and I, I know in a little bit here we'll hear we'll hear from Cameron Smith. He's 17 years old, and he and he made his, the All Star feature at Williams Grove on Friday night. So, uh, looking forward to that. Uh, looking forward to hearing that and hearing from Cameron. And then uh, Rowdy, we got the winners as well. We got you know we got the Coke Cola 600 winner Ryan Blaney. Uh, audio from his uh, press conference. Uh, the Xfinity winner. Justin Allgaier, and also the truck winner, Ben Rhodes. So that's that's how we're going to roll with things today. And uh, I'm really looking forward to a good show, Rowdy. I think, you know, we've uh, with with everything that's been going on, I think this was just good timing. Boy, I'll tell you, Kyle, what a weekend. I, I know uh, Connor's had a big weekend. He was in the, the Arcus Menards race and then turned around, and uh, you would have thought would have run Saturday but it got postponed because of the rain situation. So uh, it made a long weekend. They scheduled it for Monday and then turned around. The cup got rained out. So, but like you said, 900 miles. Kudos to, to the people who sat there and watched all 900 miles of racing. What, what a day. Yeah, Rowdy, uh, it was a interesting day and, uh, you know, like with Connor Mosack, uh, you know, I know he ran double duty this weekend. I read him the number 18 Mobile One Toyota Camry for Joe Gibbs Racing in the Arkham Menard Series. And also uh, running the number 24 uh, for Sam Hunt Racing in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. So uh, 400 miles, or excuse me, 450 miles for him 
uh, the General Tire 150 run on Friday evening and also the uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series race uh, finishing up last night pretty late, uh, Rowdy. I didn't even make it through that race. So um, got, to, got to catch the end of that race, and I believe we have our first guest on the line. Absolutely, and I'd like to welcome back to the uh, Rowdy Maglot Show, Connor Mosack. Connor, I know, man, what a weekend. It had to have been a long, long weekend because of all the rain, but how did did you deal with the setbacks in in the weather situation? Yeah, it it certainly was. Thankfully, it it happened when we were at home, you know, able to stay home for the weekend. It wasn't like, you know, we were stuck in a hotel somewhere, so that was uh, at least one one benefit of it but certainly a little frustrating having to go to the track and get in the car and then it rain and get out and then you get in run 20 laps and then you get out again and then you get back in and do 20 more and then you gotta they call it and you gotta come back six seven hours later so it uh certainly made things more difficult the track was uh was different every time we went to go to go run so you're constantly trying to figure out what your car needs and, and how the track's going to change. But uh, thankfully, it, it didn't change too much for us. But um, we needed a few adjustments. But uh, Chris did a great job, and we made a good swing at it. And I feel like uh, it helped us out once we uh, got going really uh, last night. So uh, we had good speed in the car. Just unfortunately had that tire go down and kind of kind of kill our day. But um, the speed was there, so it's uh, – Good to have that. We just need a need a good finish. Well, uh, Connor, you're you're racing in the Arkham Menard Series, the Xfinity Series, and also in the Trans Am, the uh, Pirelli. Uh, you're getting plenty of seat time. That, that's really paying off now, isn't it, uh, Connor? Yeah, it certainly is. Definitely starting to pay off i think it, you know starting to get more more comfortable in these cars especially the, the arca car and, and starting to in the xfinity car um but i think just yeah being able to run most weekends and, and even sometimes multiple times a week really helps you you know just be able to find that edge and and be that much closer to it as soon as you strap in and uh, i think that gives you a little bit of an advantage over guys who you know maybe only race every couple weeks or something like that. So um, it's definitely helpful, and I think there's some things you you learn from each series and each car that, that can help you for the other. And It was helpful for me to be able to run that ARCA race at Charlotte on Friday, you know, kind of learn um, where you need to place the car in dirty air and, and where you need to be on restarts and that sort of thing. But obviously the, uh, the Xfinity field is much stronger, and, and you got a lot more going on there. So still a big step up and a lot more to learn, but um, certainly it was helpful to be able to run that race Friday night. Well, uh, looking forward to mid-Ohio. That's coming up, what, three weeks, I think. Uh, I actually won't be running mid-Ohio, um, so not not doing that one. Not doing – well, uh, how do, I know you're a good road course racer. Uh, do you think – would you already – running within the Trans Am, now NASCAR shifting to like Chicago. That's going to give you an advantage that a lot of drivers don't have. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to Chicago, actually. That'll be my first JGR race uh, for Xfinity this year. And, um, you know, street courses are – I only have two races on a street course at at Nashville the last two years, but I feel like I'm probably the only guy that's going to have real street course experience in the field, if not, you know, one of the few – um, 
So I think that'll that'll be helpful. It definitely races a little differently than a normal purpose-built road course. There's some things that you got to approach differently, and then also just, you know, the, the margins are finer, and I think, you know, being able to minimize mistakes is something that's going to really pay off, and, and uh, I think I think that'll be good. So I'm looking forward to, to going to Chicago for sure. Hi, Connor. You have Kyle here. First of all, thank you, as always, for coming on the Rowdy Maglite Show. We greatly appreciate you coming on. First question for you is, uh, what was the general tire rubber like in the ARCA race compared to the, the Goodyear tire you ran on the Xfinity race? Um, it's hard to really say, you know, the difference in the tires. Um, you know, in the Xfinity race, there was just so much more rubber laid down on the track. Obviously, we ran right after the coca-cola 600 so you already had a lot of rubber on the track and then you just have so many more cars uh laying rubber down in the xfinity race that uh you kind of just have to race around the rubber more um it, it does seem like in the in the arca race in the general tire you don't really notice the rubber as much i think it just helps with tire wear more than anything but it doesn't really seem to affect the balance where i feel like in the xfinity race uh, running through the rubber really tightens you up, so you you got to be able to turn through the rubber and kind of free your car up as the race goes on, um, but also be able to place your car where the rubber's not to, to keep it turning if you are tight. So what were some things you learned in Friday's race? I know that's not the result you want at ninth, but um, I know there was an overtime as well at the end of that race, but uh, I mean, what, what, what did you take out of that race? What, what, what did you learn the most? And, uh, you know, what's it been like running with, with Gibbs have you, that you had in these ARCA races? Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing I learned that helped me for last night's race was just, you know, where to where to be when you're in dirty air and in traffic and then kind of how to set up passes as well. Um, you know, still, still learning some of the aero stuff on mile and a half and, even though it is a little bit different from the ARCA car to the Xfinity car, uh, the air does behave similarly, and, and you can kind of pick up on some things. So I think just learning how to make passes uh, on guys and then just, you know, when to when to go run the middle or when to go run the bottom or the top, you know, just kind of when to pick your lanes and, and where to uh, to go to keep your momentum. I think that was, was pretty helpful. Um, the ARCA car really is – more momentum-based, but certainly keeping your momentum up in the Xfinity car is going to be, uh, you know, it's going to pay off as well. But, you know, I think also, you know, lean laps, and I feel like we had the best car in the ARCA race, even with it being uh, really loose. I feel like, you know, that just gave us some confidence being able to, to have a car like that and still be able to go take the lead and, and kind of drive away from everybody. And unfortunately, the rest of the race kind of got away from us with some issues, but, um I feel like that we're kind of out of our out of our control. So I think the things that we could control, though, um, you know, we did a good job with. And I think that you know, anytime you can have some extra confidence going into an Xfinity race is certainly helpful. So with the race on Friday night, uh, you were talking about the lanes. Um, you know, did, did the outside tend to come in more? Uh, throughout the night, uh, did the drivers, did most of the drivers start going up toward the wall? I mean, what what did you notice, uh, even in the Xfinity race? You know, was the top the preferred groove, or was the bottom working at all? In the ARCA race, I feel like the bottom was pretty dominant most of the race, at least for most of the guys that I was around. I feel like we were one of the few 
who can make the middle work, um, especially in one and two. I feel like when I was by myself, you know, we were best running the middle one and two and then the bottom three and four. Uh, you know, the bumps in three and four get worse in the middle. So we, we kind of struggled over those bumps, but we could run the bottom pretty well. Um, and then I just feel like, you know, the the resin came in a little bit in the ARCA race, but um, I think just being able to have that extra radius and, and keep the momentum up around in the middle helped us, especially being so free. You don't, you know, you don't have to turn the wheel as much and you can kind of drive it a little bit straighter. So I think that, that really helped us. Um, but it, it did seem like most guys went to the bottom. So it helped us making passes, be able to get a little bit higher than everybody else and kind of roll, roll the top um, was certainly helpful. And then uh, the Xfinity race, it moved up quite a bit. There's a lot of guys right on the fence, but there's also some guys that stayed on the bottom and made speed down there. So I think it just kind of depended on how your car was handling and, um, you know, where you needed to be. And so for, for us, we were pretty tight most of the race. So um, the middle seemed to be the best in one and two, and then the bottom in three and four. Uh, but also the middle kind of came into us, especially as the runs uh, went on and the tires wore out car started turning a little bit better so could start going up there but um whenever i go all the way to the third lane there's there's so much rubber up there it just got us really tight so we we struggled making speed up there but you know the middle or bottom we could kind of make either work to make passes so um you know i thought that was that was pretty good so my last question for you is with June about to be here, um, what's what's your month of June looking like? I, I know the Chicago street course race will be starting off July, but um, what's what's the next month looking like for you? Um, you know, what, what, will you be doing any racing? Uh, what's on your schedule? Yeah, well, uh, we're heading off to Portland this weekend for Xfinity, and then we'll have Sonoma the week after. So looking forward to both of those with Sam Hunt. Um, we'll be... You know, I think that'll be two good races for us. And then uh, I think we have uh, Nashville as well, uh, June 24th or 5th. So have uh, three spinning races coming up. And then, uh, yeah, then, like you said, Chicago. So uh, looking forward to all those. Hey, Connor, let's talk about the people that help support you. Give a shout-out to those. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Toyota's been a big supporter. This year, uh, it's a big, big thank you to them. Sam Hunt Racing, um, got the uh, Big Machine Vodka Spike Cooler uh, helmet sponsorship this year, and so happy to have those guys on board. And then uh, Open Eyes will actually be uh, Open Eyes on <clears throat> Open Eyes Ministry, excuse me, will be on our car um, the next two weeks. So happy to have them back on. We had them at Portland last year. So um, yeah, yeah, all those guys are helping us get to the racetrack each and every week. Connor, where can everybody follow you at Keep Up With Your Season? Yeah, I'm, I'm most active on Instagram, just at Connor Mozak. Um, but you can also find me at Connor Mozak on Twitter and Connor Mozak Racing on Facebook. Connor, we appreciate it a lot. It looked like you had a great time. It's a heck of a way to spend Memorial Day. Yeah, absolutely. We had, had fun for sure. just didn't quite work out for us, but we'll, uh, we learned a lot, and we'll be we'll be good for the next one. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Stopping in. Yep. Thanks, Connor. Bye. At times like this, I think how lucky I am to be a NASCAR Winston Cup driver and how fortunate I am to have a great sponsor like Napa Auto Parts because Napa understands quality and value and the importance of having a friendly, knowledgeable staff. And it's at times like this 
looking around at the empty grandstands and listening to the silence of pit road that I realize I'm at the wrong track. All right, guys, Connor Mosack, what man's got a, a bright future, Kyle. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him at Chicago on that. I think he's going to do really well there. It's definitely possible, Rowdy. Uh, with uh, Connor running as good as he has, um, I think he has gained a lot of experience. I think the more he's running that that arc and Xfinity carts definitely help him out. So. Uh, really looking. Hopefully, we can uh, we can see him have some success here, and uh, you know, uh, hopefully, we'll get some more races. Well, Kyle, let's talk about your weekend at Williams Grove. Yeah, Rowdy, it was a nice weekend. Uh, weather was great. Uh, the the uh, Tesos All Star Circuit of Champions at Williams Grove Speedway Friday night. Actually, it began Thursday night at Bridgeport Speedway with a ten thousand dollar to win, ten thousand dollar to win show. Uh, Tyler Courtney came out on that one, on top of that one. Uh, and that's the only time the All-Stars won all week, Rowdy. Uh, Friday night, the, the posse took the, the top seven spots in the feature. Lance DeWeese winning the race and Don Kreitz Jr. becoming the winningest car owner in 410 sprint car history at Williams Grove Speedway. So a uh, big win for him that night. Uh, Saturday night, uh, the, the night one of the Bob Weicker Memorial at Port Royal Speedway. No surprise there, Rowdy. Anthony Macri taking home the win by nine and a half seconds over Mike Wagner. So, very dominating win by him on that night. And, and Rowdy, he was looking like the favorite for Sunday, uh, the $29,000 to win show uh, that he was the defending winner of. Uh, drew a nine, started ninth in the feature. Lance the Wee started on the pole. Lance led every lap won the race, and uh, Macri came home second, ninth to second in that feature. Also want to give a quick shout-out to Blaine Heimbach, who has won at Port Royal this year, uh, was the hard charger of the race Sunday night. So, Rowdy, not a lot of sleep, but uh, got it done. I also want to say thanks to my father as well. Hope he's listening. Um, you know, it really helped me out. You know, I, I, I appreciate his company when he comes to the racetrack with me, and, you know, it's good to see him go out to places like Port Royal and Sealands Grove. So, um I know, Rowdy, uh, we were talking earlier, you know, we also have a little audio from Cameron Smith uh, to play uh, from that night. Uh, Finished fifth in his heat race, uh, passed Chris Windham on the last lap to make it into the feature, and that was his debut. So, uh, Rowdy, let's hear from Cameron Smith and see what he had to say after that. Kyle Maglet, Rowdy Maglet Racing Media here with Trone Racing driver Cameron Smith. Uh, Talk a little bit about your heat race, because I know you passed Chris Windham on the last lap. What was that like? Uh, well, we fell back. He actually got by me in, at first, and then we were in seventh or two spots out of a transfer, and then I got lucky when Brandon Raymer spun out or every did, and then uh, I got my wing back a little bit, and we were a little better, and I saw him slip up, and I had to take it, so I just stuck my nose underneath it, and uh, I got by him on the back stretch and got to the end. Okay, what was it like making the feature tonight? Is that your All-Stars debut? Yeah, this is the first time I ran with the All-Stars. It's, um, it's pretty cool. It's it's tough where we live. It's hard to even make a, a weekly show, but um, yeah, it's definitely cool to line up four wide and getting raced with those guys. And uh, I actually beat a few, I think, All-Stars. At least I passed a few. And, uh, so, yeah, that was cool. How was the track tonight? Um, It was it was pretty slick and dusty. I, uh, it had a decent cushion. I just, I, I guess I wasn't on it enough. I just slipped up on the top, so I moved back down to the bottom. And 
we got it figured. I got it figured out once uh, I move my wings back and we have race one on. You have a busy weekend coming up, Lincoln tomorrow night, Port Royal Sunday. Uh, what, what are you thinking about those places coming up? Um, I'm excited for uh, for Lincoln tomorrow because it's a handicap show. And I'll probably start up front because so far this year I've tucked there. And uh, Port, I'm, I'm excited for it. I like racing there. We struggle a little bit there, but I've only ran there like twice ever. So uh, hopefully we go there tomorrow a little better. And, uh, Sunday we have more speed. Well, so, uh, Kyle, we got uh, our next one is Ben Rhodes. And Ben had an absolutely good race at Charlotte and will be at Worldwide Technology this weekend. And actually, Friday night or Friday, it's free Friday at the track. They're going to have the holler parade coming into the track at Worldwide Technology. That's at, I think, it'll 10 o'clock a.m. And then they're going, you're going to be able to walk around the track or in front of the track with Ben Rose. And uh, then they're going to do practice and qualifying. And if you hadn't got nothing to do, it's free. So, Kyle, let's play uh, Ben with his win in uh, Charlotte. Hello. How are you? Doing great. <laughs> they didn't give any beer out at this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to go ahead and roll into our, <clears throat> excuse me, post-race press conference here for tonight's North Carolina Education Lottery 200 here at Charlotte Motor Speedway. We're joined by our race winner, Ben Rhodes. First of all, Ben, congratulations on the race win. Congratulations on winning the Triple Truck Challenge bonus. Um, and tell us a little bit about those final laps from your vantage point in the truck. Well, first off, uh, when you start leading that, that long, that many laps until the end, you start getting a little nervous, a caution flag's going to come out, and every single doubt goes through your head that something's going to happen. And I, I just knew that if caution came out, we'd be in trouble, just because the truck series is just like savage restarts. Everybody just goes so crazy. They don't care about finishing the race. They just care about winning the race. So I was really worried about a restart, but thankfully for us, we had really good long run speed built into the truck with the last pit stop. That's why Hosevar got past us on the early laps. I was really loose and he was able to fire off good. Um, We were hoping for a really long green flag run. And luckily we got that. The truck came to us and we were able to pull away by a big lead. And uh, that made me feel better. Uh, well, I really only felt better once I got the white flag, let's be honest. <laughs> All right. We'll go ahead and take questions for Ben. If you have one, raise your hand. We'll work to get a microphone around the room. We'll start in the back with Steven and come up to Bob. We'll work our way around the room. Right here in the red hat. Thank you. Stephen Toronto, CBS Sports. Ben, you know, a lot gets made of the fact that racing in Charlotte is basically a home game for almost 90, 95% of the industry. But the thing about uh, you and about Thor Sport is, is that they're based out of Sandusky. You know, you're based out of Kentucky. So, so, so I mean, do you guys almost look at this and feel like, man, we really stole one from these guys? It, it feels that way for sure. We, we enjoy racing here and performing good for that simple reason. It's kind of like a pride thing, right? Like we, we want to come here into their backyard knowing that we, we travel and work so much harder because we have to go out and get our resources. Um, you know, for me, I live in Kentucky. Uh, I have to travel up to Sandusky, Ohio. I come down here almost basically every week right now because this is where the simulator's at. 
So I'm in Charlotte a whole lot, and it's not easy. And, you know, to come here into their backyard and, and win a race is a really good feeling. It's, uh, I don't know, it just gives you a lot of, um, I don't know, good feeling. I'm lost for words right now. I'm just happy. And, I mean, if I, if I think about it, you know, you kind of averaged, you know, your winning seasons. I think your championship season you had won the first two races of the season. Last year you had the one win at Bristol. Uh, so now that you've got your win in the win column, how much of a priority is it for, for you guys to start piecing wins together, two, three, four, et cetera? Well, you know what's funny is, like, the last two years I put a huge emphasis on, on points racing. And, oh gosh, I mean, the last three races, we, we Kansas, we got Bush hit the wall and, and knocked our front end off. We got wrecked by Garcia at uh, Darlington. We got wrecked by Eckes at, at Wilkesboro. And, like, it just seemed like every single thing that could go wrong this season. I mean, I, you name a race, I can tell you some severe adversity that we had to overcome. And some of them we didn't. We just flat out didn't finish the race. And I look at the point standings. We're just falling further and further back. We're not getting the stage wins that I'm used to. Last year we had the most stage wins of anybody. I think this year I still have a goose egg for stage wins. So I'm not going to say I was feeling the pressure, but, man, I, I thought something's got to turn around at some point i'm really happy it happened here but i gosh i, I hope now at this point i'm not going to say we're going to start stage or stage racing and points racing um because we haven't really been able to do that yet this year but we're certainly going to focus on the wins right now our strong suit has been the mile and a half our weak point is is the short tracks and you know what the good news for us is we got the trip and we're going to gateway next and that's been a really good track for thor sports so i'm really really pumped for that Gotcha. Thanks, Ben. Thank you. All right. Go ahead, Bob. I'm Bob Pachris, Fox Sports. Have felt like it was forever since you won on asphalt. Yeah, thanks, Bob. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, Robert. Um, you know what? Uh, yeah, I guess it was the road course on asphalt one, one last. So, uh, yeah, we won a road course, we went dirt, and now we're on a mile and a half. So I guess we're just trying to win on whatever we can get a win on. But yeah, it felt like a long time. I, any, anytime you get a win, you don't know when the next one's going to come. You celebrate it as much as you can, enjoy it while it lasts, because it's just a really tough sport. I was saying on the front stretch that, you know, I've been in the truck series now full time since 2016, and since then, I, I can got... think back to 16, 17. I worked on my restarts like religiously, like really, really hard. I analyzed everything that Kyle Busch did because he was the best at that time. And now I think you'll find when Bush comes in the truck series, you don't just say, oh, he's going to wax somebody on the restarts. They're really hard and they're really competitive. Everybody up their game. And, you know, I think now it's harder than ever to get a win in the truck series. And I think he had a, he had a quote or something about that today or yesterday talking how he wants to run more truck races so he can kind of like show that his equipment is – or he wants to be able to win in his equipment. So, yeah, it's just tough, Bob. All right, we're going to hang tight. I got – Bunch of hands up. Okay, we're going to start and we'll go to the back and then we're going to go to the press box for a question. Go ahead. Can you raise your hand, please? Sorry. Thank you. Cameron Richardson, NASCAR.com. Ben, how much does the Triple Chuck Challenge just up, up the intensity of the battles for the win? Obviously, we had a couple really hard fought battles for the lead at the end. Uh, just overall, just what does the Triple how does the Triple Chuck Challenge help the competitiveness of the series? So I think it helps the competitiveness with, like, parity through the field. Like, you look at the depth of the field. The depth of the field shows up really deep at the Triple Truck Challenge and when the playoffs start. It just gets so, so closely competitive. But the driving by the drivers 
is 100% like idiocy all the time. So, you know what? I can't say <laughs> I can't say that the drivers are doing anything different, but I can tell you that the way the trucks are prepared and how close the field is, oh, for sure. The competition level just I think gets you know, packed in more. Same thing with the playoffs. When you get there, you can feel it. Like you walk into the garage and you can feel it. It's just something in the air. And you feel that when, when the money's on the line, that happens. But uh, the drivers, yeah, they're always, they're checkers or wreckers, it seems like, in the truck series. All right, we'll go upstairs for a question. Press box. Somebody cut the string on his tin can phone. All right, we'll come back downstairs. We'll go back up. We're going to go to Alex and then John and then Jordan. Hi, Ben. Alex Zetlow, the Charlotte Observer. <clears throat> Does this pave a way for another championship run? I hope so. It wasn't looking like that early on uh, for this year. It's it's funny, too, if you look at, like, my stats. We've typically been able to get our wins early, and then, like, you know, this time of year, it seems like we're, we struggle. I really do feel like our stats for the season do not reflect the level of competition and competitiveness that we've had, again, with the DNFs and stuff that have shown up. And I, I look, I analyze those races. We leave those races. I analyze them. I'm like, well, what could I have done different? We could have done this on this restart, this, 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 and you Monday morning quarterback it. But in reality, you don't know what's going to happen, right? It's like trying to look into a crystal ball and predict the future. There's, there's no way of knowing that until afterwards. So in those situations, I couldn't have done anything different. But I do feel like this – I felt like we were still just fine for a championship season. You know, when I look back at my last two seasons, we finished second last year because I was like 200 feet from the white flag. Thank you very much. Um, and <laughs> we won the championship before. But we transferred both times on like tiebreakers to the next round. So the pressure we're used to, that stuff doesn't bother me. It's it's just getting some momentum built, right? And last year we had to, we were, were here, and then we started building the momentum back for the playoffs. And right now I feel like hopefully that we're putting the stop and the bleeding that had occurred for the previous 10 races or whatever. And I hope we're starting an upward trajectory now. All right, John. John, NewBeHeavy.com. You mentioned that momentum, and you briefly talked about uh, Gateway, but how you know realistic is that with you, with Gateway coming up where you've been traditionally good, and then Nashville where you've been good, and then you get a second crack at Mid-Ohio? Yeah, I feel really good about Gateway, actually. Over the years, that's a track that we've had tremendous speed, and somehow we've never been able to bring one home. It's been up and down for us, I'm not going to lie. Like, 2017, we were, like, wicked fast in practice, popped the tire, hit the wall. 18, we were okay. 19, okay. 20, 20 fast. Last year, we were leading with, like, 15 to go. Alternator goes out. We're starting to lose horsepower. We're losing voltage. And Eckes, who, which is the truck that we're taking, he, this was his team with Jared Prince and uh, Brian Ross and all those guys, he actually passed me for the lead and then ended up losing it, I think, on a last restart. So they've got speed. It gives me a lot of confidence for that reason. All right. I think I said Jordan, but it's Jared, right? Yeah. Yep, okay, Jared. sorry about that. Go ahead. All good. Jared Haas with FrenchStretch.com. Can you take me through that last restart? And I believe it was the 19 truck that was on your outside that you cleared. Would you, like I said, with the desperation to get a win, would you try to write him up the wall if he was a little bit farther? But take me through that restart, uh, last restart for you. 
Well, uh, first off, I'm going to apologize. These North Carolina allergies are just fantastic. Uh, my sneeze. <laughs> um, no, I, I had to thank him, actually, after the race. He came up, and you know he's got a lot of respect for the guys that are on this team because they were his guys for a whole year and a half, or two years, really. Um, and the incident last week, you know, we talked about, and he talked to the guys about, and wasn't a good deal. So I appreciate him pushing me hard, and then he also cut me a little bit of a break going in one and two because as we were coming up the track, he got more to my outside than I thought, and he actually had to check up as we were going towards the wall. Um, it was one of those things where he was probably for sure going to hit the wall if, if if he stayed in it, but then we may have also hit the wall too. I'm not sure. So it, I, I thanked him for it nonetheless because I, I don't – I don't like racing so aggressively with people, but in the truck series, it's something you have to do. Like, And it happens so fast, too. As you were taking that last restart, you're getting this monster run. You're holding the bottom. You know he's going to go where you're not, and you know the outside lane's the, the dominant lane, so he's going to go to that. Well, I'm just trying to predict it and move my truck in unison with his, and he got a little bit he, – he jerked the wheel a little bit faster than I can move mine, and, and that's what happens. But – all in all, um, I, I hope he got a good finish because he gave us a heck of a push and, and cut us some slack. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're going to go upstairs again to see if the mic is fixed. Chris Nightcastings.com. Uh, <laughs> ben, I was just wondering what it means to you to get Ford in Victor Lane for the first time ever in a truck series race at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Oh, a whole heck of a lot. It's one of those things, again, like you, you pride yourself on being able to be the first to do something. <laughs> we were able to get uh, – uh, was it Ford's? We got a, a big number for Ford's win at one point. I think it was my win at Kentucky Speedway in 2018. It was a big number win. forget what it was. I don't know. We'll just call it like 50000 because it's Ford and they win a lot. Um, giving you guys credit. Pat me on the back. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, it feels good, like, knowing that we can kind of set that as a stat. Um, you you want to add stats to your name whenever you can, and um, I, I don't know. I'm just glad that we could do that for them, and hopefully when somebody looks back on the stats, we'll, we'll pop up. And what becomes of the hat after tonight? Uh, this is my new grass mowing hat. Thank you very much. Uh, pretty proud of this hat. It's going to be like the hardest earned grass mowing hat ever. I mow a lot of acreage, actually, and uh, yeah. It's going to keep my neck from getting so red. All right, we're going to come downstairs for our final question. Go ahead. Hey, Trenton from FrenchStripes.com. Uh, uh, piggybacking off of Jared's question um, a little bit ago, you meant, you've been sort of joking around about the checkers of records uh, with the truck series and stuff. The etiquette tonight seemed fairly tame um, compared to races past, so what was your experience out there racing on those restarts and with those guys like that, and should this be an example for the truck series on how etiquette should be? Uh, possibly. I mean, it's tough to say, right? Because everybody's been doing it well enough now and the field has become so competitive that there are still extremely aggressive moves being made. We've just all found a way to not wreck tonight. So, um, the, the funny thing is, is like, I think people are starting, drivers are starting to get to a point where they know how far they can push the envelope. They get right to, uh, I don't know, what's the analogy here? Right to the uh, uh, event horizon. What's that where you go into a black hole? It's, isn't the event horizon where you get sucked into the black hole? If, um, yeah, thank you. you. So they go right to the event horizon without getting pulled into the wreck, and then they back off. So they're really good at, at figuring that out right now. I just hope we can keep that up, but the moves are still, like, uber aggressive. It's it's um, tough to deal with sometimes, and then, you, you know, keeping calm when that happens. You just got to chalk it up and say, well, 
just good hard racing, I suppose. All right, Ben, congratulations. I'm not sure what you have planned with the 50K bonus, but <laughs> have fun spending that um, with tonight's win. We appreciate you spending some time with us. We wish you the best to like next week in Gateway. Yeah, I don't know about that, but I can tell you I'm planning to mow grass with the hat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, congratulations again. Thank you. I did not see the hat that Ben was wearing. Kyle, I'll have to look it up, but he's cutting grass with it, so it must be a big one. straw hat of some sort. Yeah, Rowdy, the hat game, uh, depending, can go really well. Uh, I, I haven't seen it either, so um, hopefully it, it works out for Ben. I know you and I were kind of chatting about it earlier. Um, this is Ben Rhodes' first win since Bristol last year, so uh, you know, if he's back in victory lane with Ford and Thor Sport Racing, and uh, you know, I expect them to be strong the rest of the year. They were strong last year with Ty Majeski as well. So, Thor Sport as a whole has been pretty good this year. Well, Kyle, I know you've got other events to go to tonight. What's your final words? I'm going to go on. Once you leave, I'm going to go on and finish out the Xfinity and the Cup Winter Circle. And uh, what you got to close your part out tonight? Well, Rowdy. Uh, for those of you who do know, I do do uh, sports writing for the Lehighton Times News. So, uh, you know, we're still working on some stuff for Pocono. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that when we get closer to then. Uh, but uh, I'm covering the uh, the District 11 5A championship game tonight between Pocono Mountain East and Pleasant Valley for the Times News. And, Rowdy, I do have a photographer tonight, so thank you to my editor, Emmett McCall, for that. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it was a great weekend, last weekend, you know, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, you know, glad I got to Williams Grove Friday night. Hit some really bad traffic, Rowdy, uh, near Hershey, but I uh, still made it there in, in plenty of time, 5:15. Uh, and then uh, Sunday night uh, with my dad, uh, going to the Bob Weicker Memorial at Port Royal Speedway. Uh, just good to be back. Good to see Brad Strasser, Justin Snyder, and Steve O'Neill again. Um, good to see those guys. I know, they, I know they like us a lot, and we like them. So, uh, but yeah, Rowdy, uh, Lance Louise. On both nights I was there, um, just continues to uh, do good. You know, he continues to win. He's, he's a Hall of Famer for a reason. So, uh, Lance Louise picking up the two wins and uh, good good racing from the All-Star Circuit of Champions. I always enjoy that series, and I always enjoy when they come to town. And, uh, Rowdy, my last thought is, uh, you know, I just want to say I ran to Tyler Courtney at the Mechanicsburg Sheets Friday night. And he asked me a, he asked me a question. He said, "Where where do you live?" And I go, "I'm from the Poconos." And he goes, "Well, what what are you doing here?" And I said, "I came to see you." So, uh, <laughs> you know, just uh, you know, it's important for the All Stars to be here with all the the lineage and the history that uh, that series has with Williams Grove and other racetracks, Port Royal Speedway, uh, the Tuscarora 50 coming up in September. That'll be All Star sanctioned as well. So, uh, yeah, only time of the year uh, All Stars are at Williams Grove is Friday night. And uh, I just want to give another shout-out to Jim Siegel, who started 13th, finished 7th in the 1W sprint car on a Friday night. Very good run for him. And, uh, yeah, Rowdy Posse was just on it all weekend. They just they were on their game, and they dominated. So uh, good, to, good to see the Pennsylvania Posse come out on top. Kyle, glad you got to go and enjoy it. And, you, and with, with your dad also, uh, that's got to be kind of special, Kyle. But I'm going to take us on out here. With uh, next up, hey, how about that Justin Allgaier there taking Junior Motorsports up to the winner's circle?
Here we go. Here we go. Come All on. All right. Step on up. And now for our final press conference of the evening. We have been joined by our race winner of the Alsco Uniforms 300 here at Charlotte Motor Speedway, which we had to start and stop and restart. A couple of times today, we've been joined by our winner, Justin Algar, driver of the number seven Chevrolet for Junior Motorsports. Um, Justin, one um, quick stat I wanted to give you before we officially, I should say, excuse me, open for questions was, this is, you've now won a NASCAR Xfinity Series race in seven straight seasons, which is a new record by a non-full-time Cup Series driver. So quickly, before we open for questions, what does it mean for you to be able to, you know, seven races in seven years in the seven car, but really win this win for Junior Motorsports, which I know is a hard fought this year? Well, first of all, um, thank you guys all for sticking out and sticking around. I know it's part of the job, but... Um, Today is this whole weekend's been kind of a, a hectic weekend, and I know that it's not been easy for you guys. Um, same with the team. I mean, to to stand here tonight to hear that stat, um, truly special. You know, to to have 20 wins now on on the career, it's definitely not cowboy status. But um, you know, to 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 be in this sport, to be with a team like Junior Motorsports, and to have an opportunity. I mean, I I remember as a kid just thinking if I could ever just get behind the wheel of a race car and do this for a living, and um, to do it and to, to go to victory lane now seven straight years and to um, to do it with a team like we've done it with and it, it's truly special so I've been a little bit of a loss for words over the course of the night to, to win on Memorial Day obviously nobody wanted to race on Monday but uh, to, to be here on Monday to win on Memorial Day just truly special and uh, the car that we had today I mean Jim Pullman and this whole seven team I'm so proud of the effort they put in you know we were down early we, we got I did a terrible job on pit road tonight Got myself in a couple of, you know, messes. Got some damage. They had to try to fix the damage up. Um, you know, make adjustments. Obviously, saving fuel at the end of the race. There's just so many things that happened throughout the course of the night that, really, I, I don't even know how to explain it. Um, it was quite the race. But um, you know, to save the fuel like we did, to to be able to make it to the end, have enough fuel to do a burnout. I was that was that was pretty special. So you know, to have Ron Canopy parachute team on the car, to have uh, defense commissary agency. Unilever, um, brand professional agriculture, all of our brands, you know, uh, Chevrolet, the Hendrick Engine Shop. I mean, we've been, we've been burning the midnight oil and working really hard. And, and I, for all of you in the media that have talked about it, uh, I can tell you that there has, I've not been angry, but I've definitely had a chip on my shoulder that y'all keep asking when Junior Motorsports is going to win a race. And I, I, I knew one of us needed to end that this weekend, and we finally did. So uh, at least for a couple more weeks, y'all can ask that. I'm sure we'll have something else we can talk about, but uh, at least for a couple more weeks, y'all can ask that. Okay. All right. We're going to go ahead and pull for questions. We'll start up front with Mike Hembry. We'll go to Bob, and we'll make our way to the back as well. Mike Hembry, NBC. Justin, how freaky was it to have the race split like it was, and what did you do? Did you watch the 600? Did you nap? What? I didn't have, no. Um, <clears throat> I had a unique split between the two. Uh, you know, it's one of the more odd situations I think we've ever been, right? To have the, the rain and then to have the delays and have the cup race. Um, we actually, you know, I've, I've been pretty lucky in my career that my oldest daughter, Harper, and my wife have been to a lot of the victories, but um, my youngest daughter, Willow, had never been to Victory Lane. And so we debated on what to do with her tonight. Obviously, it's late. Didn't know what was going to happen. So we actually left and went home in between the break and picked up clothes because we really didn't have clothes for her uh, to, to stay the night. We didn't know what the weather was going to be like. So we went home, got clothes, went and had some lunch, watched the, 
watched the cup race uh, at that point on, on TV while we were at lunch and then came here and, and I sat in the hall over about the last 100, 150 laps and really just started with, with uh, the team on what we needed to do, what the track was doing, you know, what the conditions were like, you know, what the adjustments were. We would listen to the radio and listen to what the adjustments were on some of the cup teams. Obviously, it's different with the cup car, but... I think trends are trends, right? Like we see a lot uh, throughout the course of, of the sport. And to be honest with you, we made a plan. We took off, and, and we didn't adjust far enough. Uh, you know, that was the, the first pit stop. We just didn't adjust far enough. And I told Jim Pullman what I needed on the radio, and he just kept making adjustments. And the pit crew was able to execute, and, and we made those the right adjustments. And obviously at the end there, you know, when we started saving fuel, nobody knows what to expect. Five out of the last six years, I think there's been a caution in the last fuel stage. So, you know, what are the chances of us going green like we did? And then uh, to be able to save enough, you know, I I was nervous, but I, I watched the fuel gauge religiously to, to make sure that it, it didn't stutter, and obviously we um, we made it all the way to the end. So just just blessed to have a great race team behind me that, you know, dots every I and crosses every T, and, and um, you know, we had all the right information and got to spend a little bit of time with the family today and then come back and go to Victory Lane tonight, and they got to be here with me. It, it couldn't be sweeter. All right, Bob. What's it like to hear, go hard, go hard, oh, wait, now, save fuel, save fuel, go hard, like, it didn't seem, I mean, was it confusing, and was it, you know, what, how much, are you just like, okay, I've just got to do what they say, and what happens, happens? Well, obviously, um, they can see a lot more than I can see, right? And they understand a lot more that's going on than I understand, and, you know, Jim was trying to match the pace of what we needed to match with the 20, I think he pushed the pace a little bit to try to get in front of me and, and did get in front of me and then we were able to chase him back down. You know, Jim told me to go ahead and go get him back and then we started saving again. And I think at some point they must have told him he was short, short, like not going to make it short. And that's really when I think the race turned a, turned a corner for us. We were able to, to really manage the gap a little bit better. And, and you know, between Jim and, and Eddie, the, I would say those last 15, 20 laps, um, you know, they did a great job of managing the gap and how much we needed to slow down. And I know I'm probably going to hear about it this week because I'm pretty sure when he first started telling me to save fuel, I went faster. So I know that uh, this week I'm probably going to hear about that, that I didn't do a good enough job on that front. But uh, that's my fault, not his. Um, but, but, you know, it was confusing because at that point, you know, I kind of knew what we needed to save, but I didn't. You know, if I'm in the car, it's hard to know how much you're saving. And at the end there, once I was able to really save, I, with about five or seven to go, you know, I knew we were good. And, and Jim was on the radio telling me that if the 20 came, we were going to come. And I told him, I said, look, man, I've, I've saved you enough. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to gamble and go for it. I felt like we've, we've, we've done so much homework that if they thought we were even close, there was no way I was going to come down pit road and give that one away. I wanted, to, I wanted to go for it. I'd have much rather run on the fuel tonight knowing that we were going for it than to come down pit road and play it safe. And I feel like that, that we made the right decisions, we made the right call, and obviously we did because we won the race, but, but uh, I, I'm, glad we, I'm glad we stuck to our guns and, and kept with what the strategy was that they, that they went with. So um, it was confusing, but it obviously worked out in the end. All right, I think we had a question here in the middle. All right. Steve Toronto, CBS Sports. Justin, I, I just wanted to uh, ask about the line you were running while you were trying to conserve fuel to get to the finish at the end because you were running in like the middle to the top lanes and the broadcast was actually mentioning something to the effect of, you know, well, you know, Nemechek's, Nemechek's running the bottom, so short way around, you know, saving fuel there. So can you explain to me the uh, logic or what the benefits of running the running up higher on the racetrack to save fuel would be? 
Yeah, I had a lot of debate in my head on what the right lane was going to be to run, right? I mean, I think shorter distance, obviously, you're burning less fuel. You're off the gas probably a little bit more to run the bottom. The biggest reason I chose to run the middle, uh, and, and I'll have to go back and study it because I, I don't know if it was the right decision or not, but I felt like I was able to carry more speed um, deselling through the middle because the radius was so much bigger, right? I, I felt like I was able to lift but, but not have to use the brakes. To run the bottom, I was having to use a lot more brake to, to keep wrapping the line. And to be honest with you, the bottom was pretty treacherous tonight. You know, I felt like, especially after the cup race and the rubber got laid down, the bottom got really, really slick. And it was hard to get a hold of. If you hit it just right, it was, it was great. You had plenty of grip. But if you missed it by a couple of inches, it really was, was you were just kind of sliding all over the place. And there were actually a couple lap cars there that I caught. I just didn't do a good job of getting to the bottom and actually hurt myself and, and put myself in a bad position. So, you know, I felt like for me the middle was the safe route. It was the calmest route. I, I, I was just able to kind of free roll the best I could. And I knew that if the 20 was going to pass me, he was going to have to be on his A game, right? He was going to have to, to really push himself a lot harder than I, I, I thought he needed to go to save that much fuel. So I just felt like it was the safe line. The bottom line being the shorter distance was definitely probably the preferred lane if the balance was where we wanted it to be at. But I just felt like for the balance of the car and, and the speed that we were making, the, the middle of the top was definitely a better lane for me. Gotcha. Thank you, Justin. Yep, thank you. All right, we're going to go to Zach in the back. We'll work our way back up to Jordan. Zach Sterniel with NASCAR.com. Justin, congrats on this. So first of all, um, you guys practiced on Friday at like 3.30 in the afternoon and then take the checkered flag at 11.30. Uh, <laughs> on tonight. Monday. On Monday, right. Um, as a driver, how difficult is it to find a rhythm on, on such a disjointed weekend like this? Um, and then also, how different was the were the track conditions through each time you got on the racetrack because um, obviously Friday was totally different. It was kind of damp this morning. Then you get 600 miles uh, in between your uh, in between the red flag. So, um, what, what was the difference in track condition, and then just how difficult is it as a driver to find a rhythm on a weekend like this? Well, a couple of things. Um, number one, the fans that we have for the sport are truly amazing. I mean, to, to see what our fans endured this week. And I know it's not for lack of effort. I mean, the tracker here at Charlotte Motor Speedway, the energy and effort they put into it, I mean, it was there's a lot that went into it. And, and trying to get this race in, I mean, heck, this morning we ran, it was raining at certain points. I about crashed coming to the end of the first stage. I mean, it was just wild. But you know what was interesting was Friday I ran the bottom a lot because I felt like for today that was going to be a big difference maker. And... I was halfway through victory lane before I even realized we got the pole for this week. So, like, <laughs> it, it seems like forever ago that we even got the pole. I felt like it was last week that we got the pole. But, you know, I just felt like throughout the course of the weekend, you know, being here Friday, having a good day, I mean, beautiful weather for Friday, and then Saturday coming in and, you know, getting the rain and not really sure what was going to happen, and then getting the call that we were going to call it until Monday. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a bold strategy. Uh, it worked, and you know Sunday was a complete wash. But but you know I didn't know what to expect. So then you spend Sunday, and you know I watched Monaco and Indy like probably everybody else because that was what was on, right? Um, but then to come in this morning to have the rain, track conditions were pretty wild. I mean they were pretty hairy. You know I think a lot of cars moved up because of the rain. And then the 600 miles from the Coke 600. I mean I don't know if y'all know how much rubber gets laid down in a 600 mile race, but it's a lot. Even with the conditions being as cool as it is. The bottom lane was like stacked with rubber. It was pretty wild. Um, so I knew, you know, just 
being around the sport for enough years and, and being lucky enough to be, you know, in a lot of different scenarios, I feel like this weekend went pretty seamlessly, you know, to, to, to manage it because, because you're behind, right? Like you don't know what to expect uh, when you're a rookie and you're trying to learn all these things and now you break it all up. But, um, you know, I've been, I've been training with Josh Wise and, and his group uh, with, with Chevrolet and, and, you know, there, there's been a lot of things that I've changed in my routine to, to be good in these scenarios. And, and I felt like this weekend just worked perfectly. I, I was, I did all the right things. I felt like mentally, physically, emotionally, I was ready to go when the green flag dropped every time. And, and that's what it took. And, and, um, you know, again, proud of the team because the effort was there all day. Even when, even when I was making mistakes early on, they, they still were, were a hundred percent, you know, pushing me to be better. And, and that's, you know, this is a team effort and it, it takes a village to make this, this race team work. And we did a great job of that. Oh, well, I think just preparation, right? I mean, for me, I think you get, uh, I, I don't know if lazy is the right word for it, but I, I feel like, you know, over time I've, I've, things worked and so you don't really change, right? And, and I think this year I've, I've been pushed and I've pushed myself a lot more to, to be more methodical, to, to, to be in better shape. I mean, I've, I've worked my tail off to try to get myself in better shape physically. Uh, but I would say as much physical change as there's been, there's been equally that much of mental change. You know, I got plenty of gray hair. If you've been up close to me, I got plenty of gray hair to prove that I've been around the block a time or two. Uh, but I think that even as I get older, I'm still learning every time I go to the racetrack. I, I've learned things tonight on pit road that I need to do better. And I'm going to have to go back. You know, we won the race tonight, and I'm looking at all the things that I did wrong, right? There's all the things that I need to go back and and um, highlight and, and look at and be better, you know, come Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and go to Portland and, and use those to my advantage. So, you know, I think a lot of it's just been being more prepared, and, and I've done a better job of that this year. And, you know, I don't know how many more chances I'm going to have to have fantastic race cars like I've had right now. And uh, I'll make the most of it while I got the opportunity. All right. Cameron, did you have a question? You're all good? Okay. We'll come up here and with Jordan. Jordan Bianchi, the Athletics. So what's the vibe been like at uh, JRM over the last few weeks as the windless drought continues to go on and on? Honestly, it's 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 actually been really good. Um, and the reason that it's been really good is because we've had speed. You know, I look at all these races, and if it comes down to execution, if it comes down to luck, whatever you want to call it, we and not just our seven team. I mean, all four cars of Junior Sports have been fast week in and week out. We've just not been able to get that little bit extra to, to be able to go to victory lane. And, and I really, truly hope that really, truly hope that this is kind of the catalyst that brings it all together, right? This is the, the, the last little tip that you need to be able to, to push everybody to, to keep going. I mean, it's not, again, it's not for lack of effort. You know, everybody has worked tirelessly to make sure that we're moving in a forward direction. And, and not even just on the shop floor, the, the front office, the, the marketing and, and PR staff, um, the men and women that, that are in our shop truly have invested time and energy into this to, to make our program better. It, it, people that have not been in the four walls of our shop don't understand the camaraderie and the teamwork and just the atmosphere that we have. It's such a great atmosphere. I love, I love our race team and the, the, the personalities that we have. So I've wanted to win this, this, this race this year probably as much for everybody else's. I'm to the point where in my career where I want to win, but it's not what's defining the next thing, right? 
this one truly was for everybody else in our shop, that, that I wanted them to feel like that some reward for the effort that they put in. And seeing the smiles in victory lane tonight, and, and all the team members of JRM that stopped me on pit road, you know, that there's, I've been emotional this evening because of just what it means to our race shop and what it means to our race team. And I know that Dale and Kelly and LW and Joe Mattis and everybody that's a part of it really, they truly are invested in making this race team the best race team in the garage and it means a lot to me. You're, you're the senior driver at JRM. So has there been like speeches you had to give, any motivational pep talks or anything, or is it business as usual? Um, you know, I think the, the, the one thing that I love about our team is we've got four incredibly hungry, um, incredibly talented, and, and just awesome team members, um, our teammates that are racing right now. Right? We, we, we're, we're enjoying the group that we've got. The crew chiefs are working well together. You know, we came here this weekend with a significantly different ideas uh, as far as setups go between our four cars, right? Everybody's trying to, to figure out what they can do to make our program better. And... Uh, I think that as we as we keep learning and as we keep growing, you know, there was there's significant rule changes this year. You know, you look at, at what we had for the Xfinity series. There's significant rule changes, and I feel like it didn't hurt us in the ways that we thought it was going to hurt us. You know, that's that's probably the most frustrating part is is that it didn't do what we thought it was going to do, and um, you know, we kind of went down a path, and then we've had to we've had to revert a little bit and go back and do some other things differently, and so. I think this win just validates what we're doing and the effort that we're putting in, and and um, you know I know that tomorrow morning when we have our meeting, it's gonna it's gonna feel really good for for everybody to know that we went to victory lane and we can build on what we what we learned this weekend. But I think for me, it's I've made it very clear that we're not giving up and that we're gonna keep pushing. And the drivers, all four drivers have committed to working hard, and all four drivers have committed to doing what we need to do to win. And so have the so have the team members. So you know we just. We just got to go for it. Yep. All right, Justin. Congratulations again. Thanks for hanging with us tonight. You're welcome. We wish you best of luck next weekend in Portland. Thank you. I'm a little disappointed, though, because I don't think I get to pick my pit stall next week. <laughs> so for all of you, if you want to make a vote, I, make sure I'm right, first of all. But if you want to make a vote for next year that we pick pits at Portland based on qualifying at Charlotte and I can get the poll again, I'd be very happy. <laughs> all right. What seemed like it would never get here. We are now officially rolling into our post-race press conference for the Coca-Cola 600. We've now been joined um, from our race winning team, crew chief Jonathan ha Hassler and also Michael Nelson from Team Penske. Thank you both for joining us. Um, we will start with questions. If you have questions, raise your hand. We'll work to get a microphone to you. And if you can help me by keeping your hand up um, when we're asking for questions, that'll help me get the microphones to you. So we will start with Jordan. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Um, let's start with Michael. Uh, what's the emphasis been on to sweep this weekend for Team Penske? And after ro the win yesterday at Indy, uh, was there any change of mindset going into the weekend of, hey, let's let's give Roger this this first sweep of the weekend? 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any um, anything that changed, but you know, definitely we we keep each other under pressure for for those doubles, and so you know, something we really wanted to do. We've had a chance to win the All Star and the 600 before, but to get the Indy 500 and the Coke 600 all in one weekend is uh, pretty amazing. And so, yeah, we, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to deliver that one after uh, the big win this past weekend. And then this question for for both of you. Um, you know, Ryan ran really well last year. You look at the stats. I mean, he did everything but win a race. But overall, the performance was really good. Uh, when he's doing that and the wins aren't there, what have you guys had to do to kind of keep him what his spirits up? And what has he been like behind the scenes? Has he been normal Ryan or has it been, you know, beating himself up? Yeah, man, and we we believe in him, and you know we've 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 talked to him about that, and we know he's right there. It's just circumstances at times, and and uh, we've been really close a lot of times, and 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 tonight everything worked out well. So, yeah, uh, you know, for my seat on that question, um, you know, we we kind of looked at it in the off season, and and you know there was there was a little bit of a problem. You know, we were able to run well and um, win a lot of stages stages, but we weren't able to kind of finish the the races off. So. You know, we we kind of did a few things different in the off season. I think Ryan's been working, you know, really hard on on just kind of staying calm and composed. And um, you know, he's been working out really hard, uh, you know, in the weight room to to make sure he's you know uh, mentally and physically uh, as prepared as he can be for the end of these races. And I think it you know it showed today he was he was calm from start to finish. So I'm I'm really proud of the the improvement he's made there. All right, before we go to our next question, I did fail to mention Michael's title, which is President of NASCAR Operations. So just so you guys have that in your reporting, we'll go to Mike Hembry up here up front. And you, op you obviously had the best car, but you had to go through several restarts. You had to come back from fourth place. What was critical there in the last 50 miles or so that made, that, made all that work? Yeah, you know, honestly, um, I, I think my focus probably the, the last, uh, you know, third of the race really was just kind of keeping up with the racetrack. Um, you know, this track changes, you know, from day to night probably more than any other track that we go to. And, and um, I wanted to make sure that we kind of stayed the best car. So we had to make some decent size adjustments there at the end to, to keep the balance of the car. And, um, you know, fortunately, we were able to do that and then maintain our speed. All right, we're going to go upstairs to the press box for a question from Jim Utter. Jim Mutter, motorsport.com. For Jonathan, um, there's been a lot of talk, of course, this season with Ford uh, maybe perhaps being at some disadvantage with, at downforce tracks. I just wonder, did you have concerns about your competitiveness coming into this race? And do you think a lot of your uh, fellow competitors will be looking at you after Ryan's performance tonight? Yeah, you know, I think um, starting the year on the mile and a half set at Las Vegas, um, you know, we, we felt like, you know, last fall at Las Vegas, we were probably capable of winning in the 12, and, and Joey was able to win in the 22. And then, you know, we went there with, with some changes to all the manufacturers, um, you know, earlier this year, and, and we weren't nearly as competitive. Um, so, we you know, we've had to go to work. I, I think, you know, if you look at the whole, um, all the different tracks, we've had, you know, tracks that were our strengths last year. Uh, we're, we were, you know, have been a little bit weaker. Tracks that, you know, we were... Um, you know, not as strong at last year. We've been a little bit better, um, you know, and, and we're just kind of focused on continuing to, you know, make our stuff better week in and week out and kind of let the results kind of take care of themselves. So I'm certainly proud of, of the progress we've made at the mile and a half over the last few months. All right, we'll come back downstairs to Kelly. 
KellyCrandallRacer.com. Jonathan, obviously to your right. Um, obviously a huge relief for Ryan, as we saw, to get back in victory lane. But what about for you, your first Cup Series win, and it comes in a crown jewel event? Yeah, it's uh, it's a huge relief. Um, you know, I, I tell people a lot, uh, you know, we talk about the pressure of the, the playoffs, and, and I tell people, try to explain that, you know, our playoffs last year started, you know, eight, ten weeks before the playoffs actually started because we were, you know, we were – the, the highest car on points, but we knew there was going to be, uh, you know, a lot of different winners. Um, so, you know, we were our, our, you know, focus, um, our kind of, uh, you know, you, you kind of have to play things a little bit more conservative when you're in that position. And, and now we're in a really good spot with the win that we can go out and, and, you know, try maybe some different concepts that we have at, at some tracks coming up and, and certainly, um, you know, branch out and try to be a little bit better. So uh, certainly relieved. All right. Additional questions? I might have missed a hand or two. Okay, we'll go to Bob. Bob Parker, Fox Sports. Uh, Jonathan, are you relieved or excited <laughs> after what I imagine has been a kind of a long um, third, fourth, about 50 races? Yeah, I, uh, probably relieved more than excited at this point. I think the excitement will maybe come in the next few days, but yeah, certainly glad to, to get a win and, and get ourselves kind of locked into the playoffs and, like I said, give us the opportunity to go out and kind of stretch our legs a little bit and, and, and maybe continue to make this race team better. All right. Any final questions for Michael or Jonathan? Okay. We'll go to a follow-up from Jordan. Uh, this question's for, for Jonathan, uh, or I guess both of you. Uh, over the final few laps, you guys have been in this position with Ryan close. Were you kind of waiting for the bottom to fall out, for something to go wrong, just because that's the way it's been over the last year and change? I'll answer too, but yeah. <laughs> Look, any any race when you're 10 to go, you're worried about the bottom falling out, and and obviously, you know when it, when you have a bit of a, a streak there where you're trying to break that losing streak, that you're you're always worried about anything that could happen, right? All the way until crossing the checkered for the taking the checkered flag. So, yeah, I mean, we wouldn't be human if we weren't nervous about getting through that last 10. Yeah, you know, I was I was certainly nervous. Um, I kind of thought about it a couple different times. Uh, you know, I think we had restarts that. You know, 35 to go, and and I don't know, 20, 35, sorry, 25 or 30 to go, and you know, I I, I think in a lot of positions, you know, a lot of other crew chiefs probably would have been, you know, talking to their drivers and and um, you know, pumping them up, and um, I, you know, I don't feel like I have to worry about that with Ryan. I was certainly kind of just thinking about, you know, like you said, the bottom falling out, what what was going to happen next if we were going to get a caution, you know, what the you know what the scenario was where you know we might have to come pit again, so. Certainly just focused on, yeah, what would happen next and how we'd, how we'd react. All right. Any additional questions before we wrap? All right. No additional questions in the press box. All right. For Jonathan and Michael, congratulations to you both. I think it will be a big week at Team Penske this week. <laughs>
you know, obviously a big weekend, uh, you know, for Team Penske and uh, watching the Indy 500 yesterday, um, you know, how that played out and watching Joseph win his first one and watching Mr. Penske win number 19. That's, uh, you know, really cool to see. And, um, you know, especially when that stuff happens, you're like, well, all right, the pressure's on for us to try to sweep, you know, the weekend, especially in, in two really big races. So uh, that was the goal. And, and fortunately, you know, we, we executed well enough to get it done. And I, I'm really looking forward to talking to Roger uh, here after I get done and uh, back to the bus because, uh, you know, I haven't congratulated him enough and, and I'm looking forward to, to, to hearing his voice. So a uh, big weekend and obviously winning the 600 is massive. I, I, uh, I grew up coming here watching my dad race for a long time as a kid and uh, it was just what we did, uh, you know, every summer and um, really cool. And it was cool for my parents to be here as well. So uh, that was a special moment and uh fun night. That's for sure. It's uh Monday races seem to be go really well for me. I don't know what it is, but uh, definitely a fun night. All right. We're now going to continue for questions. If you have a question, there are several. We will work to get our microphone to you. We'll start with Jordan. We'll go to Lee. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Uh, 59 races since your last points win. Does that feel like an eternity at times? Can. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, I try not to think about that. Uh, very much um, you know we try to win every week and it's hard to do it's hard to win these races and um, sometimes you just get in these streaks of things just aren't going right um, and then you feel like you're doing everything right and maybe your cars aren't fast enough to win races or you're making too many mistakes it, it can definitely be frustrating and it's easy to get down on yourself when you don't win and uh, you know you got to think to yourself can I still do it can I still compete at a winning level and so it's easy to kind of you know doubt yourself um so um but at the end of the day we all pulled together and, and everyone in the 12 group did a good job of working on things you know that, that we could get better and um but yeah it does it does feel like an eternity but i told i told jonathan and all those guys i said what a cool first one to get together i mean winning the 600 that is that is a super cool one to win and um looking forward to seeing those guys later on when you have those moments of self-doubt, what, what do you do to kind of pull yourself out of it? Um, yeah, I mean, everyone deals with them a little differently, and um, I'm not the most self-confident person out there to begin with. Um, and so when, when I do get in doubt uh, of your abilities to do something, it's really hard to pull yourself out of it, at least for me personally, just because I just don't have that uh, self-confidence that some guys have, and, and it takes me a little bit more convincing. So. Um, I don't know. I don't really have anything for it. I just always, you know, try to look forward to the next week and, and just try to reassure yourself, like, you know, you're here for a reason. You know, if you try to work on these things uh, and, and try to perfect what you do, that's all you can do. And that's kind of how I've approached it. But, uh, yeah, it's easy to get down, that's for sure. And it's how you kind of dig yourself out of that stuff and uh, kind of makes you. But, yeah, the moments aren't good, but it's nice to be back. And hopefully we can make it more of a common thing. Um, five laps to go, you're pulling away, you've got the lead. Are you thinking that what's going to go wrong next? How how are we going to lose this race that we should win? Yeah, I figured there was going to be a yellow, and we had to survive another restart. And, um, and I, you know, we I, I wanted green flag runs. I thought our car was really good on, on green flag runs. And, you know, kind of at the end of that thing, the 45 and I were probably the best two cars. Um, I don't know what happened to him at the very end, but he and I, the 19 was really good at the end of the third stage, too. But, 
Um, I thought he was my biggest competition. I raced around William a lot. Uh, but, yeah, with five to go, I was like, there's going to be yellow, and I'm going to have to fend off another restart. You never know what can happen. But, fortunately, it went green. All right, Lee. Lee Spencer, CatchFence.com. Um, Reddick hit the wall. That's kind of what happened. Um, when's the last time you had a car that was that hooked up? Yeah, I mean, it's um, we did a great job tonight. I mean, from the drop of the green flag, we were really fast. And um, we also did a great job of adjusting to the racetrack as it got darker, as the track temp cooled off. We did a good job of adjusting. I wasn't very good um, in the third stage where we won it. You know, the 19 and the 45 were all over me, and we did a good job of kind of getting over the hurdle of, okay, we need to be – you know, way tightened up to be, you know, competitive again. And we did did that. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, this year I feel like our mile-and-a-half programs, uh, we haven't been that competitive, and I think it's kind of well-known. But uh, we did a good job tonight of bringing a really fast car and, and keeping it up front and adjusting on it. So, Have you worked at all on your restarts? My restarts? Uh can only work on them on the race weekend, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, you try to perfect all that stuff and try to not make mistakes. But, um, yeah, I feel like I've always been a decent restarter, uh, but, and we got some good ones tonight. All right, we're going to go to Bob here in the middle. Uh, Bob Parker's Fox Wars. I'm curious, have you, did you talk to Joseph Newgarden at all in the last day? No, I texted him. Uh, I bet he's got 8,000 text messages, but uh, I texted him after the race on Sunday and said congratulations and all that stuff, and, and um, texted with Roger and Walt and, and Bud Danker and Tim Sindrick, but uh, no, I haven't had a chance to call. I don't even think he's texted me back. Joseph, he might have texted me back after I won, too, but uh, I haven't spoken to Joseph yet. All right, we're going to go to Kelly and then Mike. Okay, Mike's Kelly and then a Mike up front here in the blue to Mike Henry. KellyCrandallRacer.com. Ryan, you went into the grandstands, obviously taking a lesson out of Joseph's book. Would you have done that had you not seen him do it? Uh, <laughs> no, I I only did it because Joseph did it, and um, I was pretty fired up. Um, I don't get I don't get that excited very often, but I was super pumped, and um, you know I I loved how Joseph did it yesterday, and I was shocked. Uh, I wasn't shocked, but uh, really pleased when I turned around and did the little victory lap thing of how many people were still in the stands. I was packed, and I couldn't believe it. And um, appreciate everyone sticking around, but I saw how excited they were. And you know what? I'm going to go in the stands like Joseph did and, and have some human contact after five hours of not having it. So uh, that was a lot of fun. I mean, the excitement level of the fans uh, makes us feel good as competitors. And uh, it was it was really cool to do that. And I think uh, some of it was because Joseph did it. Some of it was showing my appreciation. Uh, but, yeah. Going up there and, and doing that is something that's unfamiliar to you. Can you just talk more about what that experience was like? Can you hear what they were saying? I don't know if you still had your helmet on or anything. So just what that whole experience was like when you're – you haven't done that before. Uh, yeah, no, no, I haven't. Um, no, I have my helmet off. Um, I can only describe it as uh, – I have some experience in it. Actually, I go to metal shows every now and then, and that's like a mosh pit at a metal show. It's very similar to that. There was no one swinging haymakers, but uh, it was very similar to that. That's probably the only thing I can compare it to with the metal show mosh pit up there with people cheering for you. So it was even better. So it was good. Oh, oh yeah, it was very good things. Yeah. 
All right, Mike. No matter how good your pit stops were, Byron had that first slot, and he kept squirting out in front. You had the best car, but you had to come back from fourth. You had numerous restarts. Was the car much better at the end of the race than earlier, or how did all that work? Um, I, I don't know if it was much better at the end of the race than what I was like at the midway break. Uh, I, my short, our short runs were really strong. Um, and even like, you know, 30 laps into the round, I'd kind of start getting free and I'd have to kind of really manage my stuff. And, um, you know, just got a couple good restarts and was able to get to the front row. That was the biggest thing is getting to the front row because I raced William multiple times where, you know, he was running fourth or fifth and got the lead on the pit stall and I was, you know, inside row and, and was able to clear him into three. And so my biggest thing to myself, I was like, I just got to get back to the front row. And I could then race William Ford at least. And I think I have a better car than him. I can clear him if I can just be even with him. Um, and then once we got the lead with that quick caution, I felt even better about it. Then I can control the restart and I can know I can pick the top lane and, and really, you know, have him at a deficit. So um, I would say our car got a lot better. Just, um, you know, made good ground on some restarts. All right. We're going to go to Jared here in the middle. Jared Haas with FrenchStretch.com. Arguably your best season is 2021 when you had three wins and best average finish. And with this win, it almost mirrors that 2021 season. How does this season compare to the 2021 season that you had? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, everyone's different. I, um, I remember some of the things about the, that season. You know, obviously the wins you remember and then the, the unfortunate parts you remember. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'd say before tonight, uh, maybe I haven't felt as competitive as far as, like, speed-wise. I feel like we've been behind, you know, Hendrick and, and Gibbs have been really good. Um, I feel like we were a touch off of them up until this point. I thought tonight we did an amazing job of, you know, competing with them and, and beating them. Um, so, yeah, it's hard to compare to 21. Um, I'd like to get a few more wins, and then maybe I can compare and make it even better. But, but this is a, definitely a fun one. All right. I believe I had a few additional questions here on the left. Okay. We'll get a microphone here, and then I believe I had one in the back. Steve, Steve Schweitzer with Alaska Press. Um, the last two years, Ryan, you've had to answer a lot of tough questions. What happened this time? How did that one get away? Um, you know, what, what went wrong out there? And um, now that you got all that behind you, what question do you want to be asked or what do you want to say <laughs> that you haven't been able to up to this point? Hey, I'm just really excited that we, you know, I'm really proud of the effort of our whole group tonight of doing everything right and not making any mistakes. You know, we didn't make any mistakes on pit road. We didn't make any mistakes, you know, on the racetrack. Uh, just did a really good job and executed really well. So, yeah, I mean, I'm used to disappointment, especially after the last year and a half, and it's nice to, you know, be able to pull one off and, and have the speed that deserves to win and actually win. You know, a handful of times last year, I thought we had plenty of speed to win and just something happened. And um, that definitely gets tiresome. But tonight is, I'm really happy it was able to work out. So, Congratulations. Enjoy this one. Thank you. Appreciate it. Microphone in the back, please. 
Evan Ludwig, Sports Radio WFNZ. Ryan, uh, this is the first time you've won a race in the Cup Series when leading over 100 laps. I know you've been close countless times when you've dominated the race, but how good does it feel to finally win one of these races where you dominate the whole entire field? Yeah. It feels like it's how it should be, right? I mean, uh, it's nice to, to do that. So, yeah, I didn't. that's a fun fact. I didn't know that. Um, so, uh, no, it's, it's just nice that things go the way you hope they go, you know? Um, you know, and everything's different, right? I mean, there's there's plenty of times where drivers have had the fastest car and it just doesn't work out for them. I think that's happened to us. That's happened to every driver in the field. And, you know, sometimes you don't have the fastest car and you win the race, you know, just by circumstances. So that happens to everybody. And uh, But it's nice to, like, run up front all race, lead a bunch of laps, have one of the most – have one of the quickest cars out there, top two or three cars out there, and then pull it off. Like, that's always super cool. So – um, yeah, definitely feels good, and, and mainly proud of the 12 guys for for putting together a great piece. It's a it's an honor to get to drive something like that when it's that competitive. All right, we're going to come back over to Jordan for a follow up. Jordan Bianchi, the Athletic. Uh, we, veteran drivers, when they win races towards the end of their careers, kind of say sometimes they they celebrate like they, this might be their last one. And I was wondering if you ever thought about like. Did you celebrate victory lane for the last time? Did you ever really think that, you know, you weren't going to win a cup race again? No, I don't think I, you know, we talked about self-doubt earlier. I don't I don't think I ever, it crossed my mind that, like, I don't think you'll ever win again. You know, it's, you just start doubting yourself of, like, am I good enough to compete? Am I good as I was a year ago, right? Like, can I still do this? Can I, am I progressing and getting smarter as a race car driver and still have the same skills I had two years ago um no I, I don't think i ever thought of like i will never win a race again it's just you kind of you know sometimes doubt your abilities uh when things don't go your way or you make mistakes you're like gosh i'm getting really you know kind of messy with the way i'm doing things so um no I, I don't i don't ever think that i was very excited because i haven't won in a long time so and it was a 600 so i was i was pretty pumped up that's uh uh, there's multiple reasons there, but uh, no, I, I didn't ever think that, that we could never win again. So. All right. Any final questions for Ryan? Okay, we'll take one final question in the back. Cameron Richardson, NASCAR.com. Ryan, just explain the connection just NASCAR and maybe just motorsports as a whole has with its fans. I mean, you got... You run into the crowd. You got everyone chanting your name. Just what is, what does that mean to you and just for NASCAR as a whole? What does it say about NASCAR as a whole just to have that driver fan connection yeah. like that? Well, I mean, I think we do the best job of any sport out there of connecting with our fan base, with the athletes. You know, I mean, from what we do at the racetrack on pit road on the actual racetrack before the race the access that the fans have to the drivers and cars no other sport does that you know and there's no one's walking on an nfl field before the game you know it's, it's, so it's, it makes it really unique about our sport and um you know, i think that's special so uh, and i've been really fortunate in my career to have really great fans a uh, really cool fan base that have always supported me and uh so that's been good i uh, don't get booed very often, so that's that's always nice to have. And so, people have been really good to me. Um, but no, I just 
you know, I've always wanted to give it back and show, appreci- show my appreciation for people sticking around and for fans to be here. I kind of saw that with my dad growing up, so I was fortunate to get kind of a early look at, you know, how you're supposed to treat fans who come to the races and, you know, thank them and support them for coming because without them, this wouldn't be a thing. So, um, yeah, second to none, NASCAR does with their fans, and it's cool to have moments like that with them. Um, I hope I get to meet the kid. I gave the checkered flag to him. I usually end up meeting them at some point. Uh, so that was cool. He was fired up. And, uh, yeah, that was a special moment. That was really cool to do. I'm going to have to do that more often if I get fortunate to win, hopefully not in 56 races or something like that. So. All right, Ryan, congratulations again right. on that win. You now sit one point outside the points lead. Oh, that's um, fantastic. In the NASCAR that's Cup lovely. Series. So um, congratulations again. Appreciate you spending okay. some time with us. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right, hey, it's uh, the Tuesday evening edition of the Rowdy Maglite Show. We'll be back at our normal Monday morning at 9 Central, Thursday night, 6 Central, 7 Eastern Time. We'll be back Thursday night. I'll be live at Gateway uh, at Fan Appreciation, Lexington Ballpark. I'll be headed... Worldwide Technology. Also, Tri-City Speedway. World of Outlaws. Kyle Larson hopefully going to show up. We'll see. Chase Briscoe was there last year. Will Christopher Bell show up? Hey, if anybody knows, I'll know Friday night. Tune in, guys. I, we may do something Friday. Let's Update from St. Louis. All right, guys, keep that light shining. Bye-bye.